Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. I think it's really necessary to remember that there is a youth sports industry that is a $19 billion industry and it's growing and that you have to be skeptical of the claims of the various groups, you know, trying to get you to buy something or sign up for something because so much of this is not in your child's interest. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Project podcast. My guest today is Linda Flanagan, author, freelance journalist, researcher, and former cross-country and track coach who, like me, is extremely passionate about reforming today's youth sports culture. Linda's new book titled Take Back the Game, How Money and Mania Are Ruining Kids' Sports and Why It Matters, examines how big money and high stakes have transformed youth sports into stressful, all-consuming endeavors. Linda and I discuss strategies to help parents put their kids' sports into perspective, the importance of being self-aware when raising children, and why parents should feel empowered to reclaim their agency. Back in the saddle, once again, fired up. I got another awesome guest. Really pumped. I, I, I discovered her book. I haven't gotten through the whole thing yet. However, I am very much entrenched in it. We are like-minded. I am very much excited about this conversation. She's obviously an author. She's a sports parent. She's a coach, freelance journalist, Linda Flanagan. Linda, thank you so much for hopping on. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I appreciate you. And I just want to start right here. Being a sports parent, being a retired coach, but someone who's clearly been in church, what moved you to want to author this book? And, and what did you see to kind of inspire it? Well, you know, I've been, as my bio suggests, really immersed in this world for a long time. And But especially when I was a coach, what I saw was really bothersome to me, just how warped things had become, how the value, the the benefits of playing and competing had been corrupt, corrupted is a strong word, but at times it felt like corrupted by some of the incentives to 
I felt some of the incentives were wrong so that the real value of sports was being lost. And that felt very sad to me. I would happen to agree with you on that. It's one of the main reasons I started Reform Sports Project was because, and you use the word corrupted. I felt like, you know, people were being sold this, you know, magic pill or this formula, and quite frankly, a snake oil type deal where I thought it was, a lot of it was complete crap. And I thought that because you're, you're a little bit more eloquent the way that you say it than I am. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm, I, same type of thing. And what I noticed for me was, I felt like because I played college and a little bit of professional baseball, you know, like I can see through it. And I think I read this a little bit in your book was it almost seems like the parents vulnerability was being I I think it was borderline being preyed upon. And and that's what kind of moved me. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yes. I mean, it's exploited because, you know, parents feel a lot of anxiety about their kids and about their kids' futures. And this goes back a long time. You know, it's related to the recession in the 70s that kind of launched this like parental panic about how their kids are going to turn out. And all that anxiety and on top of worries about stranger danger has just made parents so vulnerable to exploitation by individuals and organizations that kind of recognize that and are, you know, able to prey on it to some extent. And it's not as if, I always want to point out, it's not like these clubs and leagues are all like malevolent characters. I don't think they're trying to ruin kids' sports. But they see a market and parents are vulnerable and, you know, they're easily exploited for this reason. I totally agree with you, but I'm also sitting here going, you know, how do I, because listen, I'm, I have six kids. I don't know how many you have. I'll oh my God. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> I have three. I, I need to have my head checked every time I say that. I go, how the heck did that happen? Well, I know how it happened, but either way, <laughs> I, 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 I say to myself, well, well, they're all a blessing, obviously, but nonetheless, each child has their own unique experience. We're very much entrenched in the sports culture, but at times I feel like my wife and I, we have to kind of go rogue against the system using our judgment, what makes sense for our family. And we don't buy into the whole fear of missing out. When you talk about the seven and recession. What did you see, I guess, throughout the decades? Because I can only speak, I'm 43 years old. I can speak from my experience coming up, you know, playing youth sports in the 80s and 90s and what I've experienced as a parent, you know, through the 2000s. What did you see in those earlier years that it has kind of evolved in particular, you know, from the 70s and 90s into where we are today? Well, you know, I was, I grew up during the 70s and 80s. And as a woman, there were far fewer like sports opportunities for me. I mean, I think my first chance to play was in sixth grade on like an organized team. And um, it just was entirely different. You know, as we all know, it was all local. It was cheap. It was low key. Um, And, you know, my parents were, as probably many of your parents and many others were, you know, they wanted me to play and they were um, interested in my siblings and my involvement in sports because it's good for you. But it just wasn't this giant undertaking you know, that involved travel and expense and just, I mean, my parents would never have bought into that. Um, and now, as we've seen in the seven, you know, since then really picked up in the nineties when title nine really became enforced more, um, thoroughly so that, you know, there was just a greater opportunity for sports profiteers to come in and start offering, you know, teams and clubs. There were all these girls who were eager to play and there were opportunities in college it's just the whole universe changed. What sports in particular did you coach? I coached, well, I coached my son in baseball, which was fun and unusual. And uh, but that was when he was a child. And then I coached cross country and track at the high school level for 17 years. So did you see, because I know in your book, you talk a lot about 
how, you know, being, kids being compelled to specialize year round in one sport. That's a subject I cover a lot. And of course, the risk yeah. of both physical and mental, you know, health problems from overuse and the specialization piece of it. You know, did you see or have you seen from your experience that firsthand where, you know, that's that's been an issue for you? Well, you know, I saw it a little bit with my son. In fact, it had to do with baseball because he joined this soccer club. And even at a very young age, they insisted that they play two seasons. They play in the fall and in the spring. And, you know, my husband and I thought, well, wait, spring is baseball season. And this is when he's in elementary school. So we uh, didn't. We just said, forget it. We're not doing that in the spring. You know, thanks so much. We'll see you in the fall. And as a result, he was demoted to a lower team, which, you know, it's like, okay, well, that's fine. You know, you, that's the price you pay, I guess, for going against their rules. But um, that was, I think it's only gotten more extreme. And, you know, you're just kicked off a team entirely now if you don't buy into all the bells and whistles. Um, but at the high school level, you know, I saw this all the time with particularly I coached girls that in winter track, say um, some of them would run for me, um, you know, do the 400 or 800 or whatever. And then their parent would swoop in and pick them up and drive them to their um, club volleyball or club field hockey. You know, the season had nothing to do with it. It was whatever their club thing was. So they'd be dashing around from sport to sport. Like it was often the best athletes, too, who did this because they were the ones who felt the need to capitalize on it. And that's kind of that 800 pound gorilla is that, you know, to a certain degree, it is advantageous at a young age for the young ages, like you almost see immediate impact on results and performance yeah. when you do go year round, right? But the delay for the long term is what is the most beneficial, right? The overall athletic development, yes. you know, being well rounded, balanced. We're talking about playing one sport versus sampling or at least just having other time to do other activities. So, you know, buying into that, you know, you get that, like you mentioned, because I've heard it all the time and I've actually lived it where, you know, oh, sorry, you know, in baseball in particular, oh, you don't want to play in the fall where you're going to go on a lesser team in the spring. And they don't say it is a way where it's like a demotion, but that 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 is kind of it. So as a parent, you're sitting there going, well, my hands are tied. My kid loves baseball. I don't want to let him down. What do I do? And there comes a circumstance. So we're borderline. You kind of have to go rogue. I feel confident in my parenting and my experience that, that I'm not going to let you know, uh, uh, an organization where I'll find another one dictated, but not every parent feels that way. Some really like the organization. It's like this, this kind of subtle, um, not really pressure, but it is. So how do you navigate that? Well, that is so hard. And I, I don't think it's even um, the demotion so much as a punishment. It's like, okay, you didn't show up for the two seasons we required. So we're going to punish you and we're going to punish you or your child by putting them on a horse team. And you know, at the time, I think this is so important. At the time, it felt, you know, kind of rotten and sort of unfair. But also, we could understand that from their point of view, you know, we didn't go along with their rules. But I think what's critical for parents to remember is that it only seems terribly important at the time. In in a few years, you'll look back and say, boy, that was dumb. Who cared? I mean, it was it was irrelevant in the larger scheme of things. I think you know, as long as a child keeps playing, it doesn't have to be at this super high, you know, super high. I mean, we're talking about elementary school kids, not that high. They don't have to be on the very best team at all times. They can learn a ton by being on a team that isn't like the a, so-called A team. Um, I mean, it's a very tricky thing to navigate for parents, but I think keeping perspective is, is so hard, but it is probably the most important thing as a sports parent to say, this just isn't that important. 
critical point you just made. I argue all the time because you talked about the traveling, going back and forth. I believe that the ecosystem of youth sport is completely built around exposure. It's like that's the – and whether uh-huh. it's said or not, but look at it, right? I mean travel. What's the point of traveling? Well, to get exposure. Why? Oh, to get exposed to the best competition. Well, what's at the All best right. competition? Well, ultimately, you're going to get the college scouts or you're going to get the pro scouts or you're going to get this or you're going to get that. And we're going to get national rankings. So in order for my kid to get ranked and be seen, we got to travel all of these things. So it's I, exhausting. I, oh, my God, it's exhausting. And I've interviewed, Linda, hundreds of college coaches, four or five hundred mm-hmm. college coaches who at every level, I mean, the Dabo Sweeney down to, you know, a, D3, yep. a little D3 Juco coach. And I'm a D3 player, so I hate to say little, but I'm just trying to put it in perspective. Um, no one has ever said to me, not one college coach has ever said, I'll tell you what, one of the reasons I loved signing this kid was how he or she performed at their 12U tournament. I mean, they were lights <laughs> out. And, and ever since that tournament, that was the separator. I mean, they were ranked yeah. in the top five at 11, and, and we just knew we had to have them. We're laughing and all this, but then some people will say, there's like this one kid somewhere who, who was offered a scholarship at seventh grade or eighth grade. I'm sure that does happen sometimes, and we see the stories on social media. It's certainly not the norm, but you get my point. It's like, parents, pay attention to the fact that coaches, to your point, don't care what you're doing at that young age. So that can help with the perspective. Yes. Well, I, you know, your description of this, like the rat race of like exposure now at age six. So they get them to the better team and they have more exposure and then a college coach so that they can rise, rise, rise. It just, I'm so reminded of this New Yorker cartoon from many years ago of someone uh, arriving at St. Peter's gates, you know, at heaven and it's a runner and he's like running through the, uh, the tape at the finish line and he sets his arms up and he goes, I win, you know, like what, what are we doing this for? You know, I, I think is the whole purpose just to kind of arrive somewhere, uh, some magical place. It, it, you know, it doesn't really exist. And I also think that parents need to consider in this, you know, this rush to, okay, do this, then get more exposure and then get seen by college coach. College sports are not for everybody. I mean, even if you have the ability, even if you are one of those, you know, rare high school kids, and we both know it's something like 6% of high school kids even play in college. Even if you are capable of it, it may not be right for you. You may have other interests you want to do. And let alone D1, D1 may not be a good fit. I, I'm like a big fan of D3 because it allows for more um, variety and experiences in college. I mean, kids should be growing and experiencing all kinds of different things, not just one narrow sport. To me, it seems so obvious, but um, I think it's easy, so easy for parents to get swept away in this, you know, like social contagion of like more is better. I think it's as a parent, it's like, it's really hard and I can speak from my own experience because that's one of the main drivers that, may, again, made me start Reform Sports Project. I came to a revelation like five or six years ago that that my ego was involved. You know, my yes. ego was involved in my kids coaching. Like I know for me, when my kid performed better, I felt like, wow, it was like a reflect. Or if my kid didn't perform, it was a it was a negative reflection. It's a me. big like, bummer. Yes. Yep. And and that's a wacky way of thinking. Now, my oldest are 17, 16, 15. My youngest are eight, uh, five and a half and four. And I feel like I'm like how I was with the first batch. I'm I'm grateful that I get a second chance because I was borderline on the spectrum of being one of those kind of knucklehead, like, you know, twisted. The the reason I call it reform sports project because reformed, I like to think that I am right. But I have to, you know, but no one's perfect. 
So like it is easy in hindsight, but when you're in that yes. moment, it's a powerful feeling. It's powerful to want to keep up. It's powerful to want to go, you know, the, yep. the other way. And I think it's important to look at it through lenses. Like you said, you know, how can we step back? Cause mental health yeah. is a big thing. It's a big thing, yep. but you don't see the impacts on those things, the trauma and such right away. Those are things that develop later. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think one of the hardest things, as I said, is like keeping perspective as a parent. And I think if you're conscious of the fact that your ego is involved, like you were, and like, I think most sports parents, and I include myself in that, there is an element of like, you know, you feel all puffed up when your child does well. And it's like, it feels great. And also it's a big you know, big downer when they don't. I think if you can at least have the self-awareness to say, yeah, that is, that's me a little bit, you know, then you can strive to kind of keep perspective. I think that is so vital. And there are things, and I go through them in my book, some steps you can take. You know, I pull from various experts about how to keep perspective because it is so very, very difficult. And, you know, one, this one little tip is to, um, Imagine yourself in the future looking back at this dilemma, say, how to handle your kid being bumped from A to B or C team. Imagine yourself in 10 years looking back at this in 20 years. How are you going to how are you going to see it then? Um, Another approach is to imagine counseling a friend who had this problem. And there are you know, there are I think it takes a conscious effort to um, work on your perspective, because as you're saying, it becomes like this, you know, frenzy of you know, of social pressure and also, you know, your own ego kind of eating away, undermining what's the right thing to do. When we come back, Linda and I discuss why sports should be used to teach children values and life lessons and how parents can make informed decisions when it comes to youth sports. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. 
Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Welcome back. Where Linda and I left off, we were about to talk about why parents should understand that the youth sports industry is a growing $19 billion business. I'm a big believer and advocate of the things that you extract from sports, right? From the lessons, mm-hmm. the failure, the adversity. And I'll give you a perfect example. My son, my eight-year-old son, Rocco, um, wanted to try lacrosse this fall. So mm-hmm. there's a league here, which I love because it's one day a week. It's simple. It's on Sundays. I mean, it's it's the off season for lacrosse, which is in the spring right now. It's the fall. And, you know, he, he wanted to play initially. He loves baseball. And he's like, you know, I think I want to do fall ball. And we're like, listen, you've talked about wanting to try lacrosse. You're not doing both at the same season. So try lacrosse. You're only eight. And then worst case, you know, you're going to do baseball in the spring. And his first practice, it was hot. I'm in North Carolina. It was hot. Mm-hmm. He's got the equipment on. And he wanted to take that equipment off and be done immediately. Right. And I remember... <laughs> I remember first time I played football, my older kids played football. When you get that equipment on, you're running around in the heat in August. Um, you know, it's not comfortable. It's like, whoa. So, yeah. you know, the first practice didn't go so well. And I'm sitting here going, all right, dude, it would be so, if I said to him, all right, man, we're never going back. He would be so happy right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He'd be so, but that's not what we're going to do. You wanted to try it. You're eight years old. We understand that it's third grade through fifth grade. So he's one of the younger kids out there too. He's uncomfortable, but I'm like, listen, if he never plays lacrosse again, he's going to learn that you start something, you finish it. But for me as a parent, I have to look at it from that lens. Like this is an unbelievable teaching moment for him as he grows. Now, is there a time to quit and stop? Of course, but I don't think your first practice being a little yeah, uncomfortable is the right absolutely. time. Absolutely. So yep. what's, what is it about making sure we take back the lenses and look at the value from a different perspective? I think it's, it's so, uh, your actions have to follow your values. And like in this case, your value is that he learns something about stick-to-itiveness and resilience, and you don't just give up at the first sign of trouble or first, you know, amount of discomfort. And that's kind of what you're trying, you want your son to learn that, and that's what makes sports so great. And, um, you know, I think that's something that all parents need to keep in mind when they are guiding their kids through sports that, you know, what are your values and what are you teaching when you um, yank them off a team because you think the coach sucks, you know, in the middle of the season or you, you know, bump them to a better team, you know, at the first sign of conflict with the coach, like your, your values are what matter and you're teaching them to your kids through sports. And, you know, 
ultimately that is what these are for. I think we it's so easy to forget why we even have sports in the first place, but it's not just so they can, you know, throw a ball fast or, you know, catch, catch something or get a ball through a basket. It's, it's these larger lessons and larger, um, it's applications to life that that's what it's for. I mean, unless you're going pro and we all know that's like highly unlikely. You know, I I really want you to, you know, to kind of talk more about take back the game, your book, how money and mania are ruining kids' sports and why it matters. What are some key points when people are, are reading your book or, or what are the things that they should look out for? I'd love for you to talk about you know, a couple points in particular, what they should pay attention to that you think are, are the most valuable things and pieces of content to extract from it. Well, I think it's really necessary to remember that there is an industry. There is a youth sports industry that is bigger than the NFL. It's a $19 billion industry and it's growing. And the NFL is $15 billion by way of contrast. And that, you know, that you have to be skeptical of the claims of the various groups, you know, trying to get you to buy something or sign up for something or, you know, to allow your children to be used for their purposes. You have to be skeptical because so much of this is not in your child's interest. Um, You know, I like to say that a lot of people are profiting off your family, not to be cynical, because, again, I don't think these people are evil. It's just that you just have to be skeptical as a parent. And particularly, you know, with the clubs and things that are promising, they're going to get your child recruited or, you know, advance them in some way. I think you have to like really interrogate those clubs and um, like what, how many kids actually are being recruited? Are they all from the, you know, they have various levels of teams. Is the lowest kid on the, on the lowest team going to get recruited? No, it's a, it's a very slim, a small number of kids on those clubs that get recruited anyway. So you just have to be skeptical. And I think, you know, reclaiming your agency and putting your family first these teams and leagues and the mania surrounding youth sports has a way of eroding the whole family because these are incredibly time-consuming. If your child plays two sports and you have multiple kids, I mean, you have six kids, like how can you possibly do all these things? You can't. So you just have to kind of put down some boundaries and remember what's important to you and reclaim your agency as a parent to say, no, thank you. We're not doing that. (laughs) We're just not going to do that. And also object every now and then, you know, just because the coach is offering, you know, an extra session one day or a special meeting with this extra coach, whatever the the little, you know, so-called perk is, you don't have to do it all. Just object, say, no, thank you. No, we're not going to buy that extra shirt or go to that tournament, you know, the 10th tournament this fall. No, thanks. I think that's parents need to remember that they're the ones in charge and, you know, to step back from this madness. And once you step back from it, you can kind of see it more clearly, which really helps with perspective also. Linda, I love your passion. And anyone that's like-minded, like, you know, not afraid to put themselves out there, following their passion and, 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 and creating tools and content out there for parents and such to be able to make the best decisions they can for their family, um, the more the barrier. And I applaud you for your work. Where could people find your book? Where can they find you and follow up and learn more? Well, as I say, my book can be bought wherever books are sold, certainly on Amazon and anywhere. Um, and I'm at uh, Linda Flanagan, too, is my Twitter handle. And I'll have a website up shortly. But, you know, I'm very out there. So <laughs> feel free to reach out. Linda, I cannot thank you enough for, for coming on, sharing your insight, sharing your experience. 
Check out her book, Take Back the Game, How Money and Mania Are Ruining Kids' Sports and Why It Matters. Linda, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Oh, thank you for having me. That's Linda Flanagan, author of Take Back the Game. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination. So pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation.